Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Regarding ID podcast. I'm Gina Jordan. The typical ways that we transmit data wirelessly, like Bluetooth, for example, are designed to send information over the air to any device that's listening. That makes them inherently insecure and ripe for decoding. Researchers at the University of Washington found a way to transmit data that is uniquely secure. They've devised a way to send secure passwords through the human body. The method uses low-frequency transmissions generated by fingerprint sensors and touchpads on popular devices like smartphones. Let's say that you have a door or something. That's one application that we looked at. And let's say it's an electronic door lock where, you know, you might have to enter in a key or something. Instead, you could just touch your phone and then that could send the information directly through your body to unlock the door. Vikram Iyer is a Ph.D. student in electrical engineering at the University of Washington. He co-authored the research into these on-body transmissions. What we noticed about a lot of devices like fingerprint sensors and touchpads is that as part of their normal operation, they're actually producing these signals that happen to travel very well through the body. So if you're touching your fingerprint sensor and then we put our receiver device on, say, your other hand or your leg or any other part of your body, actually, we can reliably detect the signals being produced by the fingerprint sensor. And so what we're doing is we're basically controlling that to send information, to send digital data, basically a sequence of ones or zeros by controlling the operation of the fingerprint sensor or the touchpad, for example. A digital code is sent using the fingerprint sensor. The way that a fingerprint sensor on the iPhone and some other devices work is there's a little metal ring around the outside, a metal contact that's generating a signal that's being applied to your body. And the way that those devices work, the way that they detect your fingerprint is by measuring the response of that, which changes based on the little ridges and valleys across your fingerprint. And you know that's how they're actually getting an image. What we're doing is we're taking advantage of the fact that the fingerprint sensor is generating that signal when it's performing a scan, right? When it's trying to figure out what your fingerprint looks like. And by controlling that, basically by performing a fingerprint scan and then starting and stopping it, we can send a digital code. We can send ones and zeros to transmit information through your body. The way that we're receiving this right now is we have uh, what's called a software-defined radio basically just a radio receiver that gives us just raw data that we can process ourselves in software. And we're using that to decode this sequences of ones and zeros that we're sending. And so you could think in that way, you can send basically any number that would be, you know, a password or a code. And that would go from the fingerprint sensor through your body and to our receiver. The study found that on-body communication works with various body types, as long as a few requirements are met. The components should be in direct contact with the body. Input devices should be easy to access, like smartphones or tablets with touchpads. The device also must produce a signal that can be detected at different points in the body. We basically just touch these devices, like fingerprint sensors and touchpads, and then we uh, had our prototype receiver which we place, you know, at different points on the body. And we basically just recorded the raw signal that, you know, was coming from the touchpad or fingerprint sensor. The first thing that we did was we wanted to characterize how well these things travel through our body. And the second thing that we did was we actually did some experiments where we, you know, controlled 
the operation that the fingerprint sensor was doing. Basically, we told the fingerprint sensor to scan, perform a scan for a certain period of time. At that point, it's on, and you can think we're sending a one bit, and then for a period of time, we turned it off. Basically, it's not performing a scan, and we made that a zero bit. So then we could send our sequence of ones and zeros, whatever digital data we want. We looked at uh, you know, a variety of different body types. We surveyed, I think, 10 different people with a weight range of about 75 pounds and a height range of about 11 inches and uh, found that across all of the cases, there were some differences, but we could very strongly detect the signal in all cases and we could decode the information that we were sending. Various places in the body were tested to see how well they received the transmissions. There was no significant difference between a hand, a leg, or an elbow. Say that you have a medical device, some kind of implanted device that's on your body, uh, making, say, a heart rate measurement or measuring glucose, something like that. A lot of these devices will use a protocol like Bluetooth or Wi-Fi to send data, say, to your phone. But to set those devices up, you typically have to enter some kind of secret key or do some kind of pairing process to encrypt the transmission. You can think of that as like some kind of code word that you set when you start the transmission. And then after that, both sides are using that code word to exchange data in an encrypted fashion. The problem comes, you don't want to send that key over the air, right, in an unencrypted way. And so in this work, we're showing that, you know, by just touching your fingerprint sensor or some other device, you could send that information through your body to set up the secret key to start that communication process. Iyer says the type of device matters because they produce different kinds of signals depending on their design. Researchers noticed that certain kinds of fingerprint sensors and touchpads operate in ways that consistently produce signals that travel very well through the body. Those are the devices that were used in the research paper, like the fingerprint sensor on the iPhone and a USB fingerprint sensor that can plug into a laptop, as well as some laptop touchpads. They also determine the best frequency of the transmission. Research has shown that, you know, if you look at the tissues that are in our body, at very high frequencies, those transmissions tend to be attenuated. You know, when you try to pass them through human tissue, they come out on the other side being very, very weak. So that's part of the reason why when we were looking at these devices, we were looking for something that produced relatively low frequency transmissions. In retrospect, the way that we figured out that this even happens was more like trial and error. If you think, if going back and looking at it now, once we noticed that the fingerprint sensor on the iPhone, for example, is producing this signal, and we went and looked at how the device actually operates, it makes a lot of sense that we can detect the signal very strongly. So I guess what we were looking at here was part of the way that a lot of the newer fingerprint sensors, like specifically the ones on the iPhone and not on some of the older laptops work, is they're applying a signal to your body and they're basically measuring the response of that on a really tiny grid of sensors that gives you an image of your fingerprint. Before, what a lot of older fingerprint sensors were doing was they actually had a little camera-like device that was kind of taking a picture. And so it's the newer type of fingerprint sensor that's actually applying some signal to your body that we're taking advantage of. These devices just happen to work really well for our purposes because they're something that we're touching all the time, right? And just because of how they're designed to, say, detect a fingerprint or detect your air movement on the touchpad, those circuits are actually 
applying some signal and looking at the response. Iyer says this form of on-body transmission is safe. Looking at the strength of the transmission and whether it would actually do anything to your body, he says there's no safety risk. It just happens to be something that can be detected with a sensitive radio receiver and taken advantage of. What we're really focused on here is just showing that this is a secure way to send data through your body between two devices that you're touching. One reason that we think that this is kind of unique and useful is because we're taking advantage of devices that are already on the market and built into things like phones and laptops. The big advantage to that is if you talk to any uh, device manufacturer like Apple, say, that's trying to make iPhones, the last thing that they want to do is add a custom dedicated radio chip that's actually trying to transmit information through your body. So to have this technology be adopted into the market, it's a big advantage to be able to reuse something that's already there. That way, the device manufacturer doesn't have to add something else that will take up your battery or say, you know, take up space that you could use to put in something else or even make the battery larger, right? There are always concerns about how much can you pack into uh, to your phone, right? And if you can reuse something that's already there, that's obviously very useful. Iyer says they've gotten a lot of interest from the academic community and they're gauging interest from private companies to determine what they do next. Thank you to Vikram Iyer, a Ph.D. student in electrical engineering at the University of Washington. And thank you for joining us for this edition of the Regarding ID podcast.